0: And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer.
2: Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The Bob Seska Show.
1: Bob Seska. Bob Seska. You really are sick. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, March 22, 2022. Lots of 22s in there. And this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, what's up? I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. <laughs> Day 428 of the Biden Harris administration, 229 days until the 22 midterms. I'm on Instagram, the Bob Sesca. Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go. And sitting right over there, it's Buzz. When you say Buzz, burning. There
0: he is. You've said it all. Hello! Hi. hi, hi, Bob! Hi,
1: everybody! Hi! It's,
2: it's really great to be back. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I miss all of you for these seven days.
1: Oh, right, right. Uh, for a second there, I thought you were saying that you were on vacation and that you're just no, back, no, and I'm like, no, did I no. go through a time warp? What, what happened?
2: <laughs> it seemed that long. Okay. Anyway, he, he's Bob. I'm Buzz, and neither one of us has flu-like symptoms. <laughs> Uh, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas is in the hospital with what a lot of people suspect is COVID. Uh, that that news really gave me a scare. Uh, for a minute there, I thought he was going to be okay. I <laughs> don't even know what that means. Uh, the hearings have begun on Biden's Supreme Court pick, uh, Ketanji Brown Jackson. Mm-hmm. And We knew the Republicans' questions were going to be racist, but we didn't expect them to start with, when did you decide to be black? <laughs> Uh, sadly, sadly, the uh, the war in Ukraine continues. But mm. but here's how you know Ukraine is going to beat Russia. They just signed Tom Brady. So <laughs> he's out of retirement. Right. Our own Pentagon has noticed uh, Ukraine's success. The the U.S. Army just put in a request for tractors. <laughs> Who knew? But I think the sanctions against Russia are working. Uh, we took out McDonald's and made them keep Subway. So... <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and this week, uh, Amazon owner Jeff Bezos bought MGM for $8.5 billion. Oh, my God. But uh, So from now on, at the beginning of a movie, uh, the MGM lion will be riding a penis-shaped rock. More fun, <laughs>
0: more music, the Bob Seska Show.
1: Okay, kicking off the week with a great Rocky Mountain Mike.
0: There's red hats at his feet. just keep on ripping off the free world <laughs> and he is yep keep on ruining the free world keep on ripping off the free world keep on ruining the free world
1: Right. yeah. Rocky, MNT, and Mike on Twitter, and don't miss his uh, interview show from last week. Lots yeah. of lots of great accolades over uh, our conversation with Mike about yes. national parks and the space program, and it was a great departure. I had no idea we were going to go down that road. We started <laughs> talking, and I said, "You know what?" I don't fucking want to talk about politics today. Mike's here; he's an expert at uh, the national parks. goes there all yeah. the time, photographs them. So, so yep. let's talk about let's talk about national parks. Let's talk about the space program. And so that's what we did for an hour, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah." That's the yeah. stuff, like orgasmic oh. responses, sure. <laughs>
2: yeah, absolutely true, and I'm glad you tapped that vein. I think everybody else is too, but yes, yeah, indeed. he has uh, he's uh, well-versed in both of those areas. Uh, he's the guy to talk to.
1: Right, well, I wanted to play that particular song because I've been thinking about the, uh, the Red Hat Entertainment Complex grift, mm-hmm. and there was a, a great example of it that popped up on Twitter yesterday, Buzz. Charlie Kirk, <laughs> not only the dumbest, of all of the wingnuts, the dumbest red hat of all the red hats. And that's saying well, quite so, a bit.
2: It's so hard to pick a winner. <laughs>
1: that's true. Uh, Charlie Kirk, man, if I were to land on one, it would have to be Charlie Kirk. I mean, that guy, it's almost like he deliberately makes his tweets as dumb as possible. I don't know if he's <laughs> pandering. I don't know if it's, just, if it's just the way he is. He's just a moron. But he's now appearing in... A TV commercial for an herbal pain reliever. Boom, shoot. And I looked into it. It's a giant ripoff. It's a huge ripoff. What a of shock course. there. Boom, shoot. Buzz. It's basically turmeric. It's just oh, it's turmeric and a couple turmeric, of other yeah. yeah tur- uh-huh. Or is it turmeric? Is that I? How you say I don't
2: it? know. Tur- turmeric. I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah turmeric. Uh, so it's got turmeric in there, but not a whole lot else. And what they're doing is they're starting this introductory rate of uh, what nineteen ninety nine. Mm -hmm. for the first monthly (laughs) supply of this herbal pain reliever. And you can buy turmeric much
2: cheaper than that
1: at the grocery store. Oh, yeah, but it gets worse. (laughs) It gets worse because once you Uh, sign up, you're signed uh up for a monthly subscription for this snake oil, right? Mm -hmm. And so after the first month, you know what they charge you for a 30-day supply of this bullshit? $79.99. Oh, man. (laughs) It's amazing. There are... Oh, my God, Buzz, there are, what, 74 million suckers out there who can't hand over their cash quickly enough to this gaggle of grifters and weirdos. That's why they can't afford gas. (laughs) That's right. Please, for God's sake, stop yelling at Joe Biden and actually see who's selling you the real horse shit. From from horse medicine to horse shit. Yeah, I was just surprised to see Charlie Kirk turning up on a... TV commercial, as a spokesman well, how, for how many,
2: how many followers does this idiot have? Do we have any idea? Because that may be the whole marketing reason behind this, yeah. is to reach, reach all of his idiots.
1: Oh, yeah, and they bill him as a uh, radio personality, which I thought was <laughs> hysterical. Yeah, because that's about it. He's a personality. A lot of these people are just personalities. They have nothing of value to add to anything. Right. So, uh, and, and speaking of that, uh, as we dig into uh, the ongoing war in Ukraine, uh-huh. Uh, we really have to, I think, spend a little more time uh, as part of the discourse in emphasizing that Donald Trump was not any master of the Russia conundrum. Donald Trump was not stronger against Russia by any stretch of the fucking imagination. I mean, it's amazing that we even have to do this, but I guess we have to do this. And what got me thinking along these lines, not only the ongoing talking points, the ongoing lies from Donald Trump himself, stunted man-child Eric Trump was on Hannity the other night talking about how Vladimir Putin respects strength. He actually said Mm -hmm. it just like uh, Lindsey Graham. He didn't say strength. Apparently, Eric Trump says strength. Strength. Just like that. Strength. He drops that. (laughs) Strength. It's just an unusual way to say it.
2: By the way, this is what we call in uh, the interview game a good get. I mean- (laughs) How, how did Hannity ever get Eric Trump to appear on Fox? I don't, it's, you know, that's not easy. Yeah, (laughs) I know. But anyway, he was there.
1: Yes, and it wasn't just Eric Trump. It was tiny Eric Trump. Tiny Eric Trump showed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's getting crowded (laughs) in the cigar box. Uh, Here's Eric Trump talking about, and this is all to get into a conversation about uh, how weak Donald Trump was, how Uh Donald Trump enabled Vladimir Putin for four years plus. So here's a tiny Eric Trump on Hannity. Because, Sean,
0: you know what the head of the Taliban respects? Strength. Toughness. You know what the head of North Korea, you know, respects toughness. What do you think Vladimir Putin, who ran the KGB, respects? A guy on a beach cruiser, you know, on a Saturday in Delaware? That's not what he respects. He respected a president who stood in front of the greatest warplanes ever created, which he was ordering by. The hundreds. He respects the guy who's sending javelin missiles to the
1: Ukraine by the thousands. The Ukraine.
0: He respects the guy who has strength and energy. And again, we're not seeing that from this administration.
1: I mean, all right, thank you, Tiny Trump, or
2: Tiny Eric Trump. And the Ukraine, by the way, is Russia speak for Ukraine. Uh, they, they, right. they prefer to think of it as an area, not a country.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, where to begin with this? I think the first thing is that if this is all about projecting strength. Uh How do you explain Zelensky then? Because there's no one projecting strength right now more than uh, Zelensky. And so if it's all about Putin and uh, the others respecting strength, then why are they trying to kill Zelensky? So, obviously, this is not the centerpiece of anything, but that's beside the point.
2: And if I can pick up on one other thing in that piece of tape, you mentioned, yeah. a, he mentioned uh, Biden riding a, a beach cruiser, a oh, bicycle. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, first of all, he says that, and they are saying that, Republicans are saying that, they, the Republicans are making a big deal. This is the tan suit of the Biden administration, <laughs> perhaps, is that he was photographed riding a bicycle when, when there's a war going on, for crying out loud. Like yeah, he's, yeah fighting it, you know. Oh, right. Uh, and, and uh, you know, first of all, you, you couldn't get Donald Trump on a bicycle. Try to picture just for a moment. Take a moment and picture Donald Trump on a bicycle. <laughs> It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. No, Here's here's a president who's fit enough to do that, even at his age. And, uh, you know, Trump can't. They're constantly, this is another example of Republicans looking for any little thing they can. Oh, my God, he was on a bicycle. That's the new hot topic among Republicans.
1: Yeah, that's like trying to balance pudding on the head of a nail. (laughs) Putting Donald Trump on a bike is just not going to work. It's just sloppy, messy. uh, There's going to be accidents. Uh, what, what energy have we ever seen from Donald
2: Trump? Yeah, I know. Show I know. me energy once. Maybe when he tried to skip up a ramp or something. And that's right, not, uh, right. the most most movement we've seen out of him.
1: Yeah. Well, we had four years of Donald Trump doing nothing but enabling Vladimir Putin at every step of the way. And he was talking yeah. about the, oh yeah, he was also talking about the Javelin missiles. The Javelin yeah. missiles weren't released to Ukraine until after that phone call transcript became public. You remember the perfect phone right. call that Donald Trump yeah, called? The, the, the extortion. Yeah, right. exactly, the extortion, where Donald Trump said, uh, we need you to do us a favor, though, or mm-hmm. would you do me a favor, though? I forget the right. exact uh, language. But as soon as that became available, it was only then, that Donald Trump said, oh, oops, I better send these Javelin missiles over to the Ukraine, as Eric calls it. Mm
2: -hmm. So I Uh, looked off.
1: Yeah, yeah. So this way I can mitigate the fallout from this. And he ended up getting impeached about it anyway, and deservingly so. So this is Donald Trump's strength. As soon as Donald Trump gets in trouble, that's when he acted. That's when he decided to help Ukraine, only after withholding that uh, Um, military aid.
2: Interesting side note, by the way, those Javelin missiles are proving very effective against the Russians. Uh, Oh, yeah. uh, These American-made Javelin missiles in the hands of Ukrainians have been very, very effective at keeping Russia at bay.
1: So, four years. You cannot define those four years of Donald Trump as anything but uh, Donald Trump as Vladimir Putin's impotent lackey. I mean, anything that Vladimir Putin wanted, Donald Trump gave him. Donald Trump slow walked uh, sanctions. I mean, Congress passed sanctions and it took forever for those sanctions to even be uh, or even begin to be implemented.
2: Oh, uh, whether or not you believe there was a co-conspiracy in the election between uh, the Trump campaign and Russia, yeah. uh, no matter what you believe there, the Trump campaign, uh, what we know for a fact is the Trump campaign did accept that help from Russia. Mm-hmm. We know that before the election, uh, Trump uh, said he wanted to be friends with Putin, that he admired Putin. We knew this before he was elected president. It yeah. continued throughout and even after his presidency until what sometime Fifteen minutes ago.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Well, look, there was an obvious. An unprecedented attack against the United States using Russian disinformation. Obviously, we know this story. It's an right, entire Trump right. Russia story. And in fact, tomorrow right. I'm gonna be talking to Jackie Scheck. Jackie Schechner's returning to the show tomorrow. Oh, so good. really? Excellent. Really excited Excellent. about Jackie's return. We're gonna talk about Trump Russia and dovetail all of that in, in terms of how it informs and relates to yeah. the current invasion. So Yeah, but yeah.
2: see what she knows about national parks.
1: Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fun if I just yeah. hit that right out of nowhere. Oh, Jackie, it was what do you so, think?
2: it was so popular, you know.
1: Jackie, what do you think of Yosemite? Oh. Yay.
2: Yeah, you know, I was thinking last night I was watching uh, Ali Velshi filling in for Rachel. I always like to, to catch. I don't watch the show as much as I used to, and that goes for a lot of people. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, but I do like to watch it tonight before we do this show, mm-hmm. and it was most. All about Ukraine, which is fine, sure. uh, but I it made me sort of miss the days when we were talking about about Trump. I, oh, I no. sort of long, long for that again. Not yeah. not him, not him, but just the focus on him. And I, I think it'll return. Uh, but right now, it's it's about the war, and yeah. Uh, yeah. it's it's terrible and it's grim. But it's pretty much the same.
1: Well, the thing that actually happened to the United States in 2016 and beyond is one of the primary things that Donald Trump said was an absolute hoax like not just the collusion part of it but everything it was the Russian hoax is what Mm -hmm. he described We have evidence from the entire intelligence community (laughs) that concluded that Russia engaged in this disinformation campaign in 2016 after cyber-attacking the DNC, this ongoing Facebook social media disinformation.
2: The the same conclusion was reached by a Republican-dominated Senate Intelligence Committee.
1: Yes, absolutely. Back before the 2020 election, the Senate Intelligence Committee, run by Republicans, obviously, they were the majority, Mm -hmm. Richard Burr was the chairman, and right. for God's sake, they concluded on numerous occasions with an entire series of reports, which you can read in their entirety online at the Senate Intelligence uh, Committee website.
2: Uh, indeed, but they, there's also there's a, a good deal of hacking in, going on in Russia. Hackers, ah, right. uh, the group Anonymous, uh, I believe Anonymous yesterday, uh, sent one hundred thousand pages uh, between they, but, uh, to, of documents explaining what the real situation is in Ukraine and I the Russian it. war and all of that uh, to unsecured printers across the country. so printers across Russia yesterday were all of a sudden printing out uh, the truth about what 's happening. In Ukraine, and uh, yeah, so there, were, likewise, some uh, information is getting back into Russia as well.
1: How do you feel about that? How do you feel about Anonymous? Uh, uh, engaged Well, all of
2: obviously, mixed feelings because yeah. they could turn turn on us at any time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I uh, you know, we're not making. It's not like we're making any deals with Anonymous or any. We. It's not that we have any partnership with Anonymous. They're mm-hmm. they're acting on their own. They're autonomous Anonymous, but uh, <laughs> we're. That,
1: that may be the title of today's show. You never know.
2: <laughs> we're, you know, we're we're not a part of what they do, but at the moment, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Right uh, uh, now, this doesn't mean I endorse what they do, and and I'm we're not aligned with them in any way. I don't mind them doing this, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's yeah. that's that's where we are. Uh, you know, what do you, what what can anybody say? How yeah. could they even be stopped?
1: I, I've had a weird history as far as uh, my perception of anonymous. I, I've mm-hmm. taken very hard line anti anonymous uh, mm-hmm. stances here on the show, me too. Me too. and I, I have to say I am very encouraged by what they've been able yes. to achieve. While at the same time, it terrifies me, and here's yeah. why it terrifies me because. If they're able to really do, if they're really accomplishing the things Mm -hmm. they're saying they're accomplishing at this point, they rule the world. If they decide to suddenly attack the things that we find to be necessary and good— we could very easily be on the other side of this. Anonymous and-
2: is not a fan of capitalism. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> they could and would turn on us at any point. I, I realize that. At the moment, they're helping. What can I say? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I know. You know.
1: I know, yeah. I know. And that's where I am, too. And that's what makes this so unusual in such an awkward right. position to be in. Because on one hand, I believe all those things that I just said. But on the other hand, I'm like... Ha! Well, this is good. This is—I mean, whatever is going to stave off World War III at this point is absolutely something we should embrace. And in this case,
2: and and getting out the truth uh, about what uh, Putin is doing in Ukraine is absolutely necessary at this
1: moment. Right, right, right. So, what would Trump do? Trump was uh, interviewed by what's the guy's name? I God, I always want to—I want to go to. who was the Hey Vern guy back in the 80s? The Hey Vern? Remember Hey Vern? I, I,
2: I know who you mean. I uh, can't think of his name Jim, right Jim Varney. Now. Jim, I, I that's we, right, Jim Varney. <laughs> whenever
1: I talk about Stuart Varney, I always want to say Jim Varney. <laughs> okay. And it's not, although they're probably on about the same level as far as uh, information about the world. I'm, I'm
2: familiar with Stuart Varney.
1: Yeah, yes. yeah. So Stuart, yeah. yeah. So Trump was on with Stuart Varney yesterday. And Stuart Varney was apparently getting frustrated. Couldn't get a good answer <laughs> out of Donald Trump in terms of what Trump would do. About right. Ukraine at this point, how would you handle this? What would you do that Joe Biden isn't doing? How would you handle this differently? And Trump could barely answer. I mean, at one point uh, in this quote, he was basically this:
0: "You, w- you could, you, you do, you, uh, you, w- what, uh-huh. you want, I, I don't, you, I, but, uh, you can. Uh,
1: but." So he had no answer, and you could see Stuart Varney getting visibly frustrated with this. Yeah, at one point, Trump said. Well, what I would do is I would, we would, we have... You would, you could, you yeah. do... That, that thing again. We have tremendous military capability. Uh-huh. <laughs> and what we can do without... That's true. <laughs> and what we can do without planes...
2: <laughs> I don't know what he's talking
1: about. <laughs> to be honest with you, without uh-huh. 44-year-old jets, I guess he's talking about the MiGs, I don't know, what we can do is enormous... And we should be doing it, and we should be helping them to survive, and they're doing an amazing job. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> well, that deserves a round of applause, because I have no fucking idea what any of that was.
2: Now you know how he would handle it, just like that. <laughs>
1: just like that. Yeah. Put it down on paper, put it in memo form, sign off on it, and let the uh, rules of engagement fly. You know, Pentagon,
2: I- here are your marching orders.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Huh? <Yeah>. What? <laughs> That whole part about I would, we would, we have tremendous military capability, that's, man, that's going to send the Russians screaming. They're going to just skedaddle right out of Ukraine. He had me
2: up to that point. We do have tremendous. What are you going to do with it, champ? You know, that's, and he never got to that.
1: Well, right now, Joe Biden, I think, on his handling of Ukraine is at about 51.49 in the polls, somewhere in that range, just generally. It should
2: be higher because he's doing an amazing job. Yes,
1: and my question is, that 49% that disapprove of Joe Biden's handling of all of this, what do you want? Seriously, do you want World War III? Because any moves that are harsher than what Joe Biden is doing, and this is all to say Joe Biden is walking right up to the line, but he's not crossing the line. And that is all you can do as the American commander-in-chief. You cannot go past that line, because you go past that line, and it's rules of engagement. It's firing on this uh, plane, firing back at that plane, firing at that base, firing at this base, and then suddenly we're launching tactical nukes, and that's the ball game. If you want anything greater than what, or tougher, or stronger, as uh, Eric Trump would say— then what Joe Biden is doing right now, you have to confess that you want a World War Three scenario with nuclear engagements in there.
2: As I said last week, people are cranky right now. Uh, they want, they want, they <laughs> yeah. want COVID to go. They want this war to go away with whatever it takes. Nuke them if you have to. They yeah. just want the war to go away. That's one. Mm. Another is they want lower gas prices. Another is they want COVID to go away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and that's and because they're pissed off about all of those things. No, no, I don't approve of anything. <laughs>
1: Well, meanwhile, if you thought that was bad, if you thought Donald Trump's strategy for Ukraine was this, this is even worse. Because apparently um, Trump was asking at one point during his presidency, he was asking advice from Kid Rock about ISIS and North Korea. (laughs) Kid Rock was on with Tucker Carlson last night. Because of course he was. This is the you know brain again, tr- the red again hat for brain trust. for your future
2: interviewers, good get.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly right. The Red Hat Brain Trust. Let's go uh, to Kid Rock to see what he thinks. Let's go to Mickey Rourke to see what Mickey Rourke it, you thinks know, of Ukraine.
2: They're just glad to have any fr- friend they can, no matter how <laughs> a, a, a Class C celebrity, they're fine with that because it's yeah. somebody. It's right. somebody who's on their side.
1: Yes. So Kid Rock said that he and Donald Trump were looking at maps together in the oh, White House. God. You can only imagine. And Kid Rock says, I'm like, am I supposed to be in on this shit? And then oh. Tucker Carlson laughed. <laughs> Tucker Carlson laughed a lot during this interview. So well, Kid, Rock, yeah, Kid Rock is enumerating horrifying things, major breaches of national security and the decision-making process when it comes to the potential for shooting wars and so mm-hmm. on. And Tucker Carlson is laughing like that, I mean, the whole time. So Kid Rock is more Mm -hmm. self-aware and aware of what's going on than Donald Trump is. Kid Rock's like, what the fuck are you showing me? I should, I'm Kid Rock. I don't belong anywhere near this crap. Right, Tucker?
2: So. And Kid Rock is not the sharpest tool in the (laughs) rock
1: and roll (laughs) toolkit. Right. North Korea was apparently a subject of conversation, too. Quote, this is Kid Rock recounting something Uh that Trump said to him. What do you think we should do about North Korea? I'm like, Kid Rock continued before guffawing into his hand. What? I don't think I'm qualified to answer this. (laughs) And then Tucker laughed.
2: At least he knew, yeah.
1: Yeah. Donald Trump is asking Kid Rock's opinion about (laughs) about defeating ISIS and North Korea. What could possibly go wrong? Is this the kind of strength that, uh, that Putin would be afraid of? Like, oh my God, Donald Trump's consulting with Kid Rock. I don't want to mess with Donald Trump now because it, it you true. never know.
2: It proves what I used to say. Donald Trump don't know nothing about nothing. Because That's right. He, you yeah. know, and it, because he's so desperate to know, and he doesn't know, doesn't trust anybody. He doesn't know who, who to ask. In his mind, yeah. Kid Rock is a star, so he must be smart. He must be, if he's successful, yeah. uh, this, is a, this is somebody I can trust, somebody I can ask.
1: Well, what's amazing about this, too, is they're both sitting there, Tucker Carlson and Kid Rock, as mm-hmm. certified Donald Trump fans. And they're not for one second going, well, Kid Rock kind of is, but I don't think this is shaking them off of their support of Donald Trump or this ridiculous propaganda notion that Donald Trump would somehow be stronger on foreign policy against whoever, fill in the blank. He was asking Kid Rock for advice. How yeah, is that yeah. sound foreign policy acumen? I don't get that at all. Ob- and they're still they, not. They, yeah. yeah. They still love him, though buzz. yeah of still, course they do of course, course they do cool.
2: and and that that was my concern you know we're, we're not gonna change any minds you were you started this by saying you know how are we gonna get the message out that Donald Trump was not strong on Russia yeah uh, you know there are a few confused people in the middle who mm-hmm. could benefit from such knowledge yeah. but for the most part people have made up their minds they're either with him or against him yeah. uh, and and so I I don't know that we can change any minds there we have to look at and I had a, an example of this this week in exchange with a Facebook friend online who uh, had obviously been led down some misinformation paths and (laughs) I was able to we were very civil and he was very appreciative uh, of my point of view of of the information that I shared with him and uh, you know we were able to meet so he's one of the sort of malleable in the middle people who we can influence but there are so many we, we really can't.
1: No, no. And anyone who's sitting here still and going hey you know what Donald Trump I wish he were an to handle the situation. As I said before, you're asking for a nuclear cataclysm. That's what yeah. you're asking for. And maybe there are some people in this country who want that. Oh, some evangelicals, yeah, I think, are are expecting it,
2: wanting it even. Yeah, Yeah.
1: end of days. That's the thing. And that's the thing that's so terrifying about the rising theocracy in this country is that the end of days thing is something that they actually want to manifest. They do. Uh, They want to manifest the end times. They want to manifest the end of the world as we know it so they can be picked up by Jesus and taken to heaven.
2: And And that the rest of us can burn in a fiery pit. Here's what I can't get out of my (laughs) head from what you were just talking about. (laughs) Talk about that's funny yeah. that Try to picture I was having trouble picturing them even in the same room together. Picture Kid Rock and uh, Tucker Carlson on a road trip, just the two of them in a car driving cross country. Well, there's your movie right
1: there.: Yeah. yeah. oh my God. The, I, I think they would kill each other. I think that at some point there would be strangling involved. Uh, See, and
2: isn't doesn't that make a great movie?
1: <laughs> yes, because I know it would be Tucker who'd be the guy who'd be strangled. Kid so. Rock would do the strangling and It would it'd be yeah. the
2: biggest ovation Kid Rock has heard in his career. <laughs> Exactly. I'm just saying.
1: Oh, holy shit. Okay. Well, you know, we hear a lot about refinancing our credit card debt. Maybe you've got some debt left over credit card debt from the uh, pandemic after being out of work for a while and you're overwhelmed by that debt and you don't know what to do. You got a bunch of different credit cards. Well, here, what you want to do is you got to consolidate those credit cards, but it's a intimidating process. Lightstream, however, is here to help. Did you know that refinancing your credit card balances can lower your interest rate and save you money, and you don't have to be a financial expert in order to do it. It's true. You can get a fixed-rate credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream, and you could save thousands in interest. Rates start at 4.98% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. It's lower than the average credit card interest rate of over 19% APR. You get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000, and there are absolutely no fees involved. The application is 100% online, and you can even get your money in your your bank account as soon as the day you apply. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they're going to deliver for you. And just for my listeners, right now, apply to get a special interest rate discount and save even more. The only way to get this discount is to go to Lightstream.com slash That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash C-E-S-C-A. Link in the description under this episode at BobSeska.com. Do it now. Subject to credit approval rates range from 4.98% APR to 19.99% APR and include a 0.50% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit terms and conditions apply and officers subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com sesca for more information. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car.
2: That night downtown
0: Six months on the road now
1: I was feeling mighty down Ah, oh, the great Dave Moulter here Pulled up to the Brand new single from Dave This is called All the she Answers was yeah, I love it. Link in the description under this episode at bobseska.com. This Dave Moulter and all of the indie bands we play here on the show, com slash music to submit your stuff. There's a
2: warm summer night in your future, and you're going to want to be listening to this song when it comes. <laughs> it,
1: that, yeah, that, song,
2: that song sings warm summer night.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I read this the other day. Apparently there's a, a tape going around of uh, Zelensky playing the piano with his genitals. I wonder if he'll submit oh, he, that as part he, of the uh, indie music here on the show.
2: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't <laughs> think so. But I, I saw that too, and I guess there's actually video of this. Uh, when he was doing a comedy TV show, uh, he and other uh, comedians were lined up behind pianos. So yeah. uh, their mid, their lower midsections, their groin areas were obscured <laughs> by the piano. What the audience could see uh, through the cameras or they could see, the comedian's feet with their pants around their ankles (laughs) and then the comedians were dressed from the waist up but it was clear with uh, their hands above the piano that they were playing with their genitals, <laughs> they were playing music on the piano with their genitals. Uh-huh. And Mrs. Zelensky actually did this as part of a a comedy a comedy bit. <laughs> and I, it's just it's a story I don't think most people would come across. It's not a judgmental story in any way. He was no. a comedian at the time, right. and he uh, was very good at that. Just as he's very good at being stronger than Trump in uh, in this situation,
1: <laughs> right. Yes, I don't think Donald Trump could reach in order no, to do that. No, but amazing. it's uh, what a what a strange trajectory for a politician to go from playing the piano with his dick all the way up to yeah, uh, it, being someone who's going to have statues erected in his honor. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah.
2: there's a guy who can apparently do anything.
1: Yes. <laughs> you know? So speaking of that, we have a, yes. a brand new feature here on the show. Yep. Oh, good. There we go. Yep.
2: You know, and I'm sure you remember this, uh, Highlights Magazine for Children showed us the contrast between good behavior yeah. and bad. So in that tradition, in that tradition, we see the same contrast with two of the biggest names in the news right now, Volodymyr Zelensky and Vladimir Putin. Okay. So here now, it's do's and don'ts with Vlad and Vlad. All right. Vlad has a past rooted in TV comedy. Uh-huh. Vlad has a future at Fox News. <laughs> Vlad can play piano with his genitals. Yep. Vlad doesn't play an instrument. (laughs) Vlad saved his money to provide for his family. Vlad spent his money on Republicans. Vlad inspires his military and his people. Vlad's people tend to fall out of windows. And finally, Vlad likes to wear Army green T-shirts... Vlad likes to wear ladies' underwear. <laughs> there
1: we go. Oh, thank you. All right.
2: Wonderful. A well-oiled machine. Yes, as always.
1: Okay, so... Let's see what else here. Um, we need
2: that at a time like this. Right? Yes,
1: oh my God. Oh, we so do. You know, any discussion of playing your piano with genitals, always the perfect uh, <laughs> icebreaker for a time of war. I like to bring <laughs> something
2: new to every show.
1: <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, who's going to replace Vladimir Putin if he gets ousted? You know, I've been thinking about this uh, a lot lately, Ooh. which is that I feel as though Buzz, and I'm not sure if we talked about this last Tuesday, I don't think we did, but I feel as though this is only going to go in one direction for Vladimir Putin. This is not going to end well for Vladimir Putin. Right. I think the only resolution to this is either he is driven out of Ukraine, which is, uh, I don't know if that's dr- even going to happen, but the other option is, is he going to be ousted? Is someone in the Kremlin going to just remove him, or is there going to be a coup? Is there going to be some sort, is he going to be assassinated from within? Because the status of Russia right now is not headed in a trajectory that's going to be good for Russia. It's no. only gonna be bad for it's Russia. It's already bad. Yeah. No,
2: people are already fighting in lines waiting for sugar.
1: In yeah, Russia. yeah.
2: It's it's bad there. Yeah. And uh, you know, this can't hold. He has food tasters. He has like ten food tasters now mm. who, you know, make sure that his food isn't poisoned. He's very much aware. Uh, I think that he's made himself a target. He's very protective and he's been pretty good at it. Uh, So will he be able to maintain? I don't know. The question I would uh, jump to is who will take his place? Uh, Namely, will it be someone with his same desire to return to the Soviet Union? Or will it be somebody who can get along with the world? Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know how that'll go. Uh, I feel terrible about mm. uh, uh, Navalny being sentenced to nine years in prison today uh, and to a harsher prison than any he's served in so far. I, yeah. I read a lot of his Sort of farewell message on Twitter this morning.
1: Yeah, and I what is it nine years something like that? He was sending? Yes, and yes, nine yeah, years. And I, it's going to be longer than that, I assume. Maximum, but,
2: maximum security this time.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so that, that's that's I mean, you talk about a place you don't want to end up, a maximum yeah. security prison in Russia. Right. Talk about a fucking nightmare. But uh, if you really game this out and you look at where Russia is right now, uh, Mm -hmm. especially with this war effort and the amount of money that has to be sunk into continuing that effort and then subsequent to that uh, handling an occupation, if they're going to continuously occupy Ukraine, how are they going to pay for that?
2: You can't underscore enough how expensive war is and how expensive this war is for Putin. And that's in addition to all these sanctions.
1: Right. So, if uh, this continues on and on and on, at some point on a long enough timeline, Vladimir Putin Uh will have to be removed. The oligarchs want their money. The uh, Russian politicians, uh, the Kremlin, the Duma, they don't want their nation driven into destitution. Because Vladimir Putin wants to fight this unwinnable war in Ukraine, this war of choice in Ukraine, irrespective Mm. of how he's selling it to the people as being this necessary, whatever he's calling it, cleansing of Ukraine, of uh, neo-Nazis and and whatever the bullshit is. And
2: and you could bet the oligarchs have access to the truth, even if the man on the street in Russia does not.
1: Right. So, if Vladimir Putin goes, who's going to replace him? And uh right now the speculation is circulating around an ex-KGB agent here we go who has had a hand in the death of a spy on British soil uh, and he's been tipped to succeed Vladimir Putin if Putin is toppled as the uh, Russian invasion nears the one-month mark, the Ukrainian intelligence service claims to have unearthed a plot devised in the upper reaches of Russian society to dethrone Putin among the planned conspiracies against Putin are poisoning or an accident, according to Kyiv sources who claim the cells want to be rid of the Russian leader as soon as possible, of course, duh. It is believed that their preferred replacement is a spy master and once top Putin's sidekick, Alexander Bortnikov.
2: Okay, you answered my question.
1: Yeah, who's fallen out of favor with the Moscow despot over errors in the Ukraine war. The elite plotters, according to Ukrainian intelligence, Picked out the seventy-year-old because they believe he could spearhead the restoration of economic ties with the West, and that is crucial. Mm. They they cannot it continue is. on as an economy in any way, shape, or form without the connection to the West, without this economic uh, link-up. And Vladimir Putin, not so, going to happen under Putin.
2: What does what does Russia get by installing a new guy? Uh, they get they get a they get a, a reset, a fresh start. Yes, sort of. yes, and and they can pretend that they're going to go a different way, but. What you've told me about this likely replacement uh, is that he's been Putin's right-hand man, he's former KGB, I, I can't imagine him being of any other ilk than like Putin yeah. wanting to restore the Soviet Union. So he might come on as the new guy, Mr. Nice Guy. We've made some changes around here. There's a new sheriff in town. But mm-hmm. really, is there – if it's, if it's that kind of somebody, I, I, even though he's not going to be crazy and he is a new guy and he may correct some of these war errors uh, that Putin's committed – Uh, I, you know, I I just don't see long term how this guy can be the answer. Uh, As much as we want Putin replaced, uh, be careful what you wish for sometimes, I think.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, The devil you know is sometimes better than the devil you don't know. Maybe not in this
2: case, but it's certainly uh, something to consider.
1: Well, what you don't want to do is oust Vladimir Putin and replace him with someone who's worse. Exactly. Or even the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's always that potential. It's a flip of a coin. Decide, you know, whether this person is going to be whoever it is, whether it's Bortnikov or some other, uh, some other official. Irrespective of that, you know, could end up being far, far worse than Vladimir Putin. But I think ultimately the reason that they would oust Vladimir Putin is to take a different tact with uh, not only Ukraine we, but the we, West we, as well.
2: We would hope and we would welcome that,
1: obviously. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, what would they do that would be worse? Uh, would they just like triple down on Ukraine and attack the West, attack a NATO nation, or like, because that would only dig them deeper into a right. uh, further quagmire? They can, if they can't handle Ukraine, how are they going to handle handle all of NATO lined up against them other than with nuclear bombs. And and if they're trying to save Russia, the way you save Russia is not to engage in a situation that's going to lead to a nuclear exchange because that's only going to decimate Russia. It's going to decimate everyone else, but it's also going to decimate Russia. So the idea behind ousting Putin would either to be to change the trajectory of the war to do something differently as far as the invasion and occupation goes or or to about face save face because mm-hmm. Vladimir Putin can't save face there's no Vladimir Putin cannot walk away from this without looking completely impotent i mean you talk about trump style impotence right that would be vladimir putin if he were to say ah you know what i give up we're we're leaving But what they will eventually realize is that as long as this war effort continues, it is going to create a third-world-style situation in Russia. It's just not going to be good for the Russian economy. It's not going to be good for uh, especially the people who control all the money in Russia.
2: Interesting developments over the last, what, maybe 36 hours. uh, Zelensky uh, saying that if there was a time to— Admit Ukraine to NATO. It's right now, uh, yeah. and it'd be interesting to know what you feel about that, especially with the latest news that, that just came in. Uh, Belarus could soon join Russia in its war against Ukraine, according to U.S. and NATO officials. Yeah, um, you know, so now Belarus wants to jump in with Russia uh, on this attack on Ukraine. Um, what do you? How do you? What do you think about making Ukraine a NATO nation now or ever?
1: I, I, it would have to wait. As far as I'm concerned, you can't do it now. If you do it now, that's basically a declaration of war against Russia. Mm-hmm. So uh, if Ukraine is suddenly part of NATO, Russia is on NATO's soil, that means we all, because of Article 5 of the NATO charter, we would all have to go in and right. fight Russia, push Russia back. As a, uh, as a NATO coalition. And that would eventually lead to the use of nuclear weapons. I mean, no matter how you slice this... Uh, NATO versus Russia is World War Three, whether mm. there's nuclear weapons or not. Nuclear, you could still have World War Three right. and no nuclear attack. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. And this would be World War Three immediately if Ukraine right. was admitted into NATO, um, and that would be a horrible idea. I just from oh. my from my perspective, I just think uh, it's bad right now. It would be a gazillion times worse if uh, NATO were involved. Because then you, what you're talking about is atrocities in Ukraine, but then also right. there's nothing to stop Vladimir Putin from invading Poland and, and uh, uh, Lithuania and all these, uh, Estonia and all these other uh, nations that are lined up right on the border of, mm. uh, of Russia. So um, it would just be a, a, an utter nightmare. The atrocities and that then, you see in Ukraine would happen there, too.
2: And, and then the rest of the world invading Russia. Uh, yeah, as well.
1: yeah. And, and then the eventual use of nuclear weapons, whether they're tactical the, nukes, they're- battlefield nukes or what have you.
2: There has been talk that uh, Putin may be very close to using chemical weapons or, uh, you mentioned earlier, tactical nuclear weapons. These are... Smaller, these are baby nukes, yes. Uh, that, that are more selective in their destruction, mm-hmm. and uh, there's some talk of those being used. Uh, uh this is not the Hiroshima type uh, atomic bomb, this yeah. is a, like I said, baby nukes, basically, right? Uh, and 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 so you know, things are things are kind of on edge. I do like the fact that Biden keeps telegraphing uh, Putin's next moves. Uh, Biden in the last 24 hours warning American businesses, big and small. Uh, to guard their Internet, uh, their IT, against uh, Russian hackers because our intelligence tells us Russia's about to begin to hack U.S. companies. (laughs) Jesus.
1: Yeah, Yeah, and I would take that seriously because, you know, Russia does have a history of this, and uh, as we were discussing in the previous segment. And so it's entirely likely that there will be cyber attacks inside the United States. And I wonder what the extent of those attacks will be. Will they attack the the, the electric grid? Will they create massive Internet outages affecting bank transactions and things like that? I don't know the uh, the full extent of this. Only uh, the U.S. intelligence community, certainly NSA and, and the others, are uh, on top of this and hopefully in the process of... Blunting whatever cyber attack may take place, wherever they have suspicions of happening. To me, that's what I thought the modern Russian warfare would look like. That Vladimir Putin's M.O. would be to attack the West using, you know, cyber attacks Mm -hmm. and not necessarily, you know, on the ground shooting wars.
2: After what we saw in 2016 uh, and what we heard, I mean, there were symposiums in uh, Russia uh, going on about how to to do these things. I was pretty sure that Russia's next attack on the U.S. would be cyber.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in fact, uh, one of the conversations we've been having here going back to 2015— uh, or uh, yeah, probably 2015, 2016, when we first started hearing about Russian cyber attacks against the United States, certainly with political ends. Kimberly and I have been talking about what Vladimir Putin is you know, trying to accomplish, and she has been of the mindset that Vladimir Putin was using the cyber attacks merely to soften up the West in order to eventually use you know a shooting war mm-hmm. to attack, oh, whether it was Ukraine yeah. or somewhere else. And I've always been of the mind, well, no, he's really discovered that he can have a huge impact with just the cyber attacks alone. But uh, it turns out she was right. I mean, it's absolutely about softening up the West and then we're going to get into a shooting war.
2: Right, right. And see, that surprises me because uh, and we've seen recently how weak the Russian military is. I believe one of the main points of discussion at the big cyber conference in Russia in 2015, early mm-hmm. 2015, was that uh, because they were saying that military isn't the way to go anymore, which I presume they were saying because they meant they didn't have one. Yeah. Uh, and so that they were going to focus on cyber warfare uh, going forward. That, that would be the new Method And then, of course, they they hit the election and uh, all the other things they've done to all the other countries since.
1: So uh, let's see what else here. I want to play this uh, on the show. We did this uh, a couple of weeks ago when she first appeared uh, in a Mm -hmm. video from a shelter. This is uh, Amelia Anasovich. I think this this is, is how you pronounce her last name.
2: I, I think that's right, and this was in a shelter, and, and if you recall, there were babies crying in the background, and people were giving medical care and giving comfort to other people, yeah. and it was a bit noisy, but when she started singing Let It Go from Frozen yeah. uh, in in Ukrainian, uh, the place went completely quiet, Right, and uh, she did a beautiful job of it, and it's gotten her this recognition that, that brings us to this moment right here.
1: Yes, she's seven years old. She performed the Ukrainian National Anthem in front of thousands of people at a charity concert in Poland. There's a huge stadium of people. Seven years old, and she appears on stage and sings the Ukrainian National Anthem. This is a beautiful moment, and yeah. I, I can't even... Well, you know what? Let's just play it, and I'm going to talk about it after it's done. Right.
0: She- Кроса на сонці панує, І ми, братя У своїй сторонці Душу й тіло Ми положим За нашу свободу І покажем, що
2: stadium is packed yeah there are camera lights and candles everywhere
1: just Flashing incredible. at her
2: yeah and she takes her bow yeah very cute very cute
1: i good god how do you do that as a seven-year-old child stand in front of all those an, people yeah, right. and sing without just i mean i would have just i would have shit my pants and run off stage
2: well, she got that first applause in that basement. And once you once you get that first applause, I, yeah. it gets easier to handle, apparently. But she yeah. handled it with grace. She truly did.
1: Just incredible. It was like she was singing at uh, like Live Aid or something like that at Wembley. I mean, it was that it, kind of scene. Uh, it
2: was no do's and don'ts with Vlad and Vlad, but it was very, very good.
1: <laughs> I'm waiting for that call now, by the way. Can you fly over, do a charity concert with just uh, do's and don'ts with Vlad and Vlad? And say, yep, of course, we'll be right there. Yeah, Yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. No, okay. it really a beautiful and and we need moments like that too. You know, we're talking about you need to laugh about even war. You know, yeah, and obviously, yeah. MASH made a very long career out of it. Absolutely, uh, and and we need laughter during war to remind us of our humanity, and yeah. and we need moments of of quiet and beauty like that song yeah. to remind us of our humanity.
1: And you know, I, I had intended to bring this up during the shadow docket, but I'll mention it now. Um, the other day, I posted a, a tweet thread. Where I was watching the latest episode of Star Trek Picard. Uh Uh-huh. And I, the nitpicky side of me as a Star Trek fan got (laughs) the best of me. And I started Uh nitpicking in uh, tweet Uh thread form. Yeah. And I posted it. And I almost immediately regretted it. And I'll tell you why. Well, first of all, I was just being stupid and nitpicky about some some plot points. And while I I stand by some of the points that I made, Uh I don't feel as though it was ultimately an appropriate thing to do. And I'm someone who says, just blurts all kinds of shit on Twitter all the time. But in this case, I felt as though I, I went too far, and I deleted the tweet thread. And here's why. Here's my reasoning behind deleting okay. all of it. Because right now, I don't want to add to the belly aching about trivial shit. You know what I mean? It's so, watching movies, watching TV shows, commenting on them, it's ultimately so subjective and there are so many people, and most of the time, myself included, who love Star Trek and who are escaping from all of the political stress and turmoil by engaging in these shows and and (laughs) loving these shows.
2: And and creating stress and turmoil in the fantasy
0: world.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I don't want to do that because for so many years now, I've been looking to discussions about you know, the things, the comic book movies and right. Star Wars and Star Trek and all of that shit. I've been looking to those things as escapism. And I don't uh-huh. want to fight over a Batman plot point. I don't want to fight <laughs> over Zack Snyder movies. I don't want to fight over whether the latest episode of Picard has weird gaps in the logic. I don't want to get into all of that shit. And my knee-jerk nitpicking got the best of me the other day. And so I apologize. That's why I deleted the tweets. I didn't mean to, uh, if anyone was engaged with me in a discussion after I posted those tweets, I didn't do it because of you. I didn't do it because of anyone else. I did it. I deleted the tweets because I suddenly got cold feet. And I said, you know what? I just I don't want to add to people's stress it's, about this, and it's so not that's worth why. It. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. And so that's what uh, you're talking about—how uh, uh, concerned people are about uh, things that are going on in the world, and the, right, the stress right. circulating around politics mm-hmm. right now, the anxiety, um, and how we need to laugh, how we need to find ways to cope with all of this shit. And uh, I feel like I, I I stepped a little over that line. I mean, it's not a big yeah, deal. Well, it's, you, just, you know it's just what? Star yeah. Trek, but still, to me, it was a big deal. Perhaps this
2: is a teaching moment for yeah. all of us. No, for all of us <laughs> yeah. uh, to be aware of the times you're in. You, you know, it's a little egg shelly out there.
1: It is. It is. It very, very much, much is. So. And people weren't necessarily offended or pissed off by what I was saying. I just don't want to be that guy
2: right now. Here's the problem. If you state a fact, you know, you may get some pushback, but it's a fact, okay? If you state a a fact-based opinion, uh, then that's kind of okay, too, and you can defend Mm -hmm. that. When you state just an opinion, uh, there's guaranteed somebody who disagrees, and they're going to yeah. come at you. Yeah. So, you know, that's just something else to keep in mind. If you're going to have an opinion, come well-armed. That's what I say.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. And I um, certainly um, was armed, and I was ready to, you know, back up what I was saying. It was just the idea of saying it in the first place. It suddenly, right. just kind of rubbed me the let's, wrong way, even though I did it myself. L- let's look for things not to fight about. There yeah. you go. A, <laughs> yeah. And that's a great way to put it. Because, again, is it really valuable— to have this ongoing, days-long Twitter, you know, shovel fight over the latest Batman movie, or, it just doesn't make sense. It's not worth it. It's not Especially when there are all these other things that are tying our stomachs in knots and just adding to it over something that's trivial and completely subjective, like a movie or a TV show. It's not... Useful. It's not helpful. If you want,
2: if you want to fight, fight me.
1: <laughs> All right. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. So that I'm, I'm glad I was able to get that out here on the free show. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. More show here in just a second. But first, let's talk about uh, the shadow docket on our Patreon page. If you're only listening to the free portion of the Bob Seska show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast you're only hearing the first hour. You're missing the last act of the show. You're only seeing Act One and Act Two. There's an additional 20 minutes of show after the end credits roll at the end of every Tuesday and Thursday show. And it's all happening on our Patreon page. Of course, I'm talking about the Shadow Docket podcast at patreon.com slash Show or simply show.com It's a completely unfiltered, commercial-free continuation of all the fun and news, and it's only going to cost you pennies per episode. The Shadow Dockets drop every Tuesday and Thursday after the free shows, and they're only going to cost you $5 per month. And you're going to be supporting this fully in a podcast, don't you know? So don't miss out. Again, it's bobseskashow.com. Bookmark it, send it to all your friends, and we thank you in advance. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Oh yeah, this is a uh, brand new Matt Springfield. This is uh, The End of Life is the name of the song. I didn't choose this song because of the title. I just really like it. It's, there's no, I'm not trying to say anything with the title. I just chose it because I really like the song. This is from his rocks. Pop Life EP. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, link in the description under this episode, bobseska.com as usual. Or if you're on our Patreon page, it's also under the description right there. Okay, so apparently there's breaking news. What's yeah, going as we're on doing maybe?
2: the show, as we're, as we're doing the show, there's this uh, development that I think is both good news and important, uh, significant news. Okay, and uh, that is that a county commissioner from New Mexico. Uh, Cowboy Coy Griffin, who I guess was the head of Cowboys for Trump.
1: Is that is that really like his first name? Like people call him Cowboy? Well, people call him that. It's okay. not really
2: his first name. Is right. Coy, Coy, C-O-U-Y. Cowboy. Okay. Anyway, uh, he, he's been convicted of uh, illegally entering the Capitol grounds. Uh, and this is significant because it sets the tone for future cases like his. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and this decision was made by a Trump-appointed judge. Oh, hey!
1: How about that?
2: Uh, Yeah, it's very good. A a ripple effect is expected from this, uh, and and it should have an effect on future cases of other people who invaded the uh, capital. This guy isn't just some rube off the street. Well, he is, but he also happens to be happened to be a county commissioner in the state of New Mexico.
1: You know, along those lines I read, it's actually not along those lines, but it's, it's a similar legal, it's not a similar legal case. It's a legal case. <laughs> what the fuck am I talking about? I'm not having a stroke, I swear to God. Uh, what ha- Stormy Daniels has to pay Donald Trump $300,000 now? Is that what? true?
2: I, I, I don't know. This is news to me. Yeah, I think
1: she either, I, I don't have the story in front of me. I do know that I passed by a headline uh, that said that Stormy Daniels has to pay Donald Trump $300,000. Hmm. And yeah, was <laughs> it was it the
2: Star tabloid? Was it, you know where, where you uh, maybe, saw that I don't at know. the grocery store? Yeah, no, I I don't know. And maybe that's true. I just I hadn't heard it. I do know that uh, Trump's uh, request to counter countersue. Uh, uh, oh God, now I'm spacing out. Uh, the fashion lady, E. Jean Carroll. Yeah, thank you. Uh, uh, Trump requested that he be able to countersue Eugene Carroll, and uh, that request was denied. So, yeah. I, you know, he doesn't seem to be winning those kinds of cases.
1: I see. Okay. Well, here's the here's the Stormy Daniels story. Porn star Stormy Daniels loses appeal in Trump case, owes former huh. president almost $300,000. Wow. Uh, yeah. The ruling likely ends a years-long legal feud between Daniels and Trump related to her claim that uh, they had sex one time in
0: 2006.
1: <clears throat> mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, sorry. I just uh, Trump and sex in the same sentence yeah, makes I me know, nauseous. It's
2: like Trump on a
1: bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. The amount Daniels owes Trump in the case is about the same amount that she was swindled out of by Michael Uh, Avenatti, her former lawyer. Uh, I will go to jail before I pay a penny, Daniels tweeted. Well, there's some interesting defiance there, and Uh she might end up going to jail. Trump's own former attorney, Michael Cohen, pleaded guilty to crimes that included ones related to hush money payments he facilitated to Daniels and another woman before the 2016 election. Uh, yeah, sometimes there's just no justice here. <laughs> yeah. And that's uh, another yeah. another example of it. And uh, they're men and she's a woman. Interesting. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, meantime, you mentioned this in your monologue at the top of the show. Everyone's hearts skipped a beat the other day when we learned that Clarence Thomas yeah. was hospitalized for an undisclosed infection. And uh, I'm not standing here dancing on his grave or anything like that. Uh, It was one of those uh, stories, though, where you can't help but to consider the possibilities there if Clarence Thomas actually dies, and it would be it would be a game changer in the Supreme court. It would shift. It, it wouldn't shift away fully from the conservative majority. It would make it a five to four majority in favor of the conservatives. And
2: if being that the case, we might be able to win Roberts back on certain key votes. So yeah. Yeah. That's a possibility. Right. Uh, Roberts
1: and, is and, now the swing vote. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, he has
2: been for some time. I, yeah. and then he sort of abdicated himself from that role and has voted weirdly as he, as he had done before, uh, uh, but but maybe if the balance of the court changes, he, it, I seem to get the impression that he felt bad for the minority and thought they ought to have another vote. So you hmm. know, it, it could give us an evenly split Supreme Court on certain votes. But yeah, yeah. that would be of course hugely significant. <laughs> we're not dancing on Clarence Thomas's grave right now. It's just a hole that we're digging. That's yeah. all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, in this case, they're not sure whether. Actually, they deny that he has COVID. I said, well, he's not. Yes,
2: they do deny that
1: he doesn't have COVID, but he's got flu-like symptoms and an and, infection.
2: Right, which you know, COVID Ooh. is an infection yeah. and can deliver flu-like symptoms. So, yeah, or it could be pneumonia. You know, I I don't know, but uh, you know, he's what seventy three at least yeah. seventy three. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, being a black man. Uh, there's a there's a different uh, sort of uh, mortality curve mm-hmm. uh, than, than there is for whites, and there are lots of systemic reasons for that. Yeah. But it is, in the meantime, a reality.
1: I don't know what his health is like otherwise. Uh, I don't know if he exercises. I don't know if he's an at-risk sort of person when it comes have to— ever,
2: Have you ever seen him on a bicycle? <laughs>
1: <laughs> J- Jello on the head of a nail. Um, <laughs> it could be just about anything, but they're being remarkably vague— about yeah. their reporting on this, they're not saying anything specific. It was th- what three days between him actually being admitted to the hospital and when we finally found out. Right. So and that he's kind of still is suspicious. In the hospital yeah. today. Yeah. I
2: think a lot of us had the impression that he would be uh, out of the hospital, but but they they said he was going to miss a few oral arguments this week. Right. And now it looks like he's going to be out the whole week. But we'll see.
1: Oh. Okay. Interesting. He's getting briefings, though, about the arguments. So he is getting some information there, and they say that the illness is improving. So there's that, too. Uh, But we all can't help but to wonder, (laughs) if he were to uh, pass away, uh, what the consequences would be for the Supreme Court. And uh, I think we've we've got, what, uh, how many months here left where we could safely... Uh, get a nominee uh, pushed through the Senate again. Our second nominee, and uh, and it's a big question mark after next January. We don't know yeah. yet. So Eight, nine months. Yeah. yeah. So now's the if if there's going to be another change in the Supreme Court, now's the time. Well,
2: and this is the moment I think we should talk about what the whining we're hearing from Republicans right now uh, as they screen uh, Judge Could- Ketanji uh, Brown Jackson. Yeah. For a Supreme Court spot, yeah. uh, they're they're whining. At the end of this, even if she's confirmed, they still have a six to three conservative majority on the bench. Yep. Uh, So ignore the whining. Yeah. Uh, Judge Jackson is more qualified than a number of than several of the justices now serving combined. If you Mm -hmm. combined the experience of several of our current justices, it is less than uh, the experience of Judge Brown.
1: Wow. And the Republicans on the uh, the Judiciary Committee are (laughs) super self-aware about racism. I mean, without anyone else mentioning racism, they're just like, hey, racism. They're denying that they're racist, of course. But they're the ones bringing it up, so it seems like right. they're really aware of the fact.
2: Well, they would argue that the the Biden administration brought it up by by trumpeting the fact that she's the first black woman to be nominated to the Supreme Court, yeah. and uh, if when when confirmed, would be the first black female justice on the Supreme Court. Yeah. And uh, the Republicans have decided, well, okay, dude, if you're going to make a big deal out of that, uh, that's what we're going to focus on. Is that really a reason to make somebody a judge? Well, no. But the, somebody being as qualified as judge brown is is a very good reason to make them a
1: supreme court yeah judge. yeah well as of right now they've got nothing on judge jackson judge jackson <laughs> right, will be course. confirmed i don't know what yes. the vote's going to be or the floor vote the final floor vote
2: lindsey graham opens with yeah. uh, would you mind telling us what your religion is
1: <laughs> hey Re- that's what, a what great lindsey graham impression what, holy shit what, do, what does that have
2: to do with anything you know <laughs> i mean and, and you know, she said she finally went to a Protestant non-denominational. Yeah. And he says, so can you rule fairly against Catholics? You know. <laughs> uh, and, uh, it, you know, just nause- absolutely nauseating. <laughs> yeah, like that. And uh, re- really sickening, unbelievable yeah, stuff. And and yeah. I, I don't know if the American people will see this and get the message. I was disappointed when I tuned into not only the nightly news, but on the Rachel Hour last night. Uh, not to see any tape of the ridiculous things that Republicans had said that day yeah. in their introductory comments uh, in the Brown hearing, right? And uh, you know, just, I just I think that needs to be exposed because I think if more people saw how truly stupid and wrong. These comments are, uh, we'd have better luck against Republicans at the voting booth.
1: Yeah, and part of it was they were doing a lot of grandstanding, a lot of shoehorning in their various bumper sticker slogans and their buzzwords and things like that. I know Marshall Blackburn was asking Judge Jackson about, uh, or not asking, because yesterday was not Q&A. Yesterday was all about grandstanding. And so each member of the, the Judiciary committee gets to stand up there and go, "Hey look look at me and look at me and look at all my mm-hmm, questions right. and 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 right. pay attention to me and Marsha Blackburn with her hair by Beetlejuice apparently <laughs> she was talking about uh, critical race theory making sure yes. oh don't you don't you bring critical is, race theory into this
2: is yeah she said, is it your secret agenda <laughs> to <laughs> uh, you know pursue critical <laughs> race theory. The yeah.
1: Oh God, the critical race theory thing is such horse and, and, shit.
2: Yeah, and all of these are dog whistles. I yeah, mean, of course they're, they're, they're all. Are. It's they're all code words for racism.
1: Critical race theory is the they're, they're saying the N word. If they say woke, they're saying the N word. Let's be clear about this. This is just the new version of what Lee Atwater warned about, or not warned about, but just described when he was engaged in it himself. You you know, if you you can't say the N-word anymore, so you say forced busing, or you say uh, welfare queens, or you throw in some other dog whistle, and then the white people all hear the N-word without you actually having to say the N-word. And that's the entire point of this. They cannot win. The Republican Party cannot win without the racist vote. They can't win without the white supremacists. They can't win without the Proud Boys. And they can't win without uh, the Newsmax, Fox News crowd. And most of those people are all about, (laughs) you know, if they're not saying the N-word, they're thinking the N-word.
2: That is also about this show. And the other other thing you need to know, this is the Republican revenge tour that you're seeing here. This is their chance to, in their minds, get... Get even with Democrats mm. for the grilling of Brett Kavanaugh. And yeah. uh, the, the poor, the things that poor man went through. <laughs> <laughs> that poor, uh, poor man. Yeah. The, the and, guy and who who's, likes, who's the guy gonna, who likes beer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> who's going to cry for Tobin and Squee? Yeah. Oh, uh,
2: and speaking of crying, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse uh, doing an ad in which he's at the gas pump <sighs> and he's crying the same fake tears he cried at his own trial, yeah. which proves to me he was faking both times.
1: Grifters, all of them. This is, you know what, what they are doing, whether it's uh, Kyle Rittenhouse or Tucker Carlson, or as we talked about at the top of the show, Charlie Kirk, this is not about ideology for them. This is not about issues. This is about a cynical cash grab. This is there are uh, 70 plus million suckers out there waiting to be divorced from their hard-earned money and these people are ready to take that money. They're ready to say whatever they need to say in order to gather up all the cash. This is like faith like like a faith healer tour. This is like uh, televangelists scamming people out of their hard-earned fortunes.
2: Will you tell us what your religion is?
1: <laughs> That's right. And so that's what this is all about. It has nothing to do with politics. Well, they're nope. using politics as yeah, a springboard right. to enrich their fortunes. Generational wealth is what they're going for here. And you could uh, make that argument in many different cases. I know that Donald Trump and his boys, all about that, all about the cash grab and uh-huh. because you know because they're millionaires or billionaires or whatever the fuck, <laughs> whatever the fuck they are. Okay, well, we went super long here on the free show, but there's still cool. more stuff to come on the sure Shadow Docket on our Patreon page, bobsuskishow.com. Part,
2: part of my sorted past is coming up. <laughs>
1: That's right. I can't wait to talk about this. <laughs> yesterday, I stumbled onto an old Don and Mike episode oh, on dear. YouTube. Someone's been posting like entire shows, minus the commercial breaks, yeah. uh-huh. and I just happened to land yesterday on a classic Don and Mike show from 2003-
2: You'd really have to be a Patreon subscriber to hear it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I'll just, i I'll give you a hint about what the headline is for the—the uh, uh, the video that I was listening okay. to. Okay. The headline is Buzz is drunk. <laughs> I can't wait. I don't have the—I can't—I can't legally play the tape on the show. No. we can't. However, we are going to talk about this. Uh, what a—what uh, a moment for the Don and Mike show. And, and your career in radio, my friend. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all coming up on the Shadow Knock on our Patreon page. See you over there, folks. Take care. Bye bye.
0: Yeah, Strength.